I don't want to be your friend. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 13 of Takes of Our Wives. Today, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 13 of The O.C., the best Christmaca ever. I am Sarah Cassine, and I am joined by Sarah Custer. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. I feel like we should maybe explain sort of like that, no, you didn't mishear us. It is Takes of Your Wives episode and not Takes, takes of, of Our Wives. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. But yeah, explain. Keep yeah, explaining. No, no. So yeah, so this is the takes of our wives episode. Um, and basically, the wives here have come in to interrupt your um, normally broadcasted takes of our lives. I am partnered with Steve and Sarah is partnered with Vince. And so we're here to come with some wives hot takes on what we think about the OC. Yes. To be clear, I'm not technically a wife, but but I mean, it, it sounds better than takes of our wives and girlfriend. Yeah, and it's just it works really well with the name and Dear listeners, in, in case you're not familiar with the OC, I'm just going to do a brief rundown of what happens in the best Christmaca ever. Uh, first of all, Christmaca, what is it? It is a combination holiday of Christmas and Hanukkah. If anyone has been paying attention, Seth uh, one of the main characters, one of his parents is Christian, or, you know, your kind of standard American lapsed Christian, uh, and one of his parents is Jewish. And he mentions early in the episode that neither of them really raised him, so he ended up raising himself, and he made up this combined holiday, holiday uh, that combines all the best parts of both holidays. Uh, so that's kind of the premise of the show, your classic Christmas episode. In the episode, uh, we will touch on the uh, exhausting and ongoing love triangle between Seth, Anna, and Summer. Uh, we'll get a little legal family drama with Sandy, Kirsten, and uh, Caleb. We'll get some classic Marissa drama. Classic. Um, it's a spicy episode. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. It's like a spicy meatball episode. Yeah. And I think that's all I'll say for now. Yeah. And now I will let you do your rewatch reaction. Well, thank you for the preamble. And I feel like I should also preface a little bit um, and by saying just that in general – I'm maybe not the biggest fan of the OC, but I did watch the episode. I do, I have seen some previous episodes. Um, in gen, like, I think this is like a decent episode. I think it's interesting. I just also think there's like really sort of weird things that happen in the episode where I'm like, how the hell did this happen? Um, but maybe that's just the OC in general. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like, again, I should preface by saying I haven't seen every episode of the OC. I'm very much coming in as sort of a bystander, um, and a non-appreciator, to be honest. <laughs> have you ever seen Chrismica before? I, yes, I have heard of the Chrismica. 
Um, I think it's great. I think it's really awesome. I think it's this idea of melding of different religions. And, you know, I have friends that have parents of different religions. And I think it's like really cool to kind of create its own holiday in a sense. And um, also, I will say, even though I'm not the hugest fan of the actual show, I do like Seth. And I feel like he just makes the show this episode in particular like enjoyable yeah agreed all right yeah i gotta find my notes quick Mm -hmm. here they are um well so i will preface by saying that i definitely did watch the oc in its original airing uh when i was in high school so an OG OC fan. Nice. And I then uh, forced Vince to watch it with oh, me. So you're uh, sort of like the inspiration for this whole season. I like to think so. Yeah. Uh, so we had rewatched the first two and a half seasons before the guys had started, uh, the guys decided to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so this is. Uh, like my third rewatch in recent years. Whoa. What what but, do you think it's like hmm. watching it a third time around? Uh I think by like your third time around there's like episodes or scenes you just want to like completely skip over cuz mm-hmm. they're dumb and you hate them. Mm-hmm. But then there's other ones that you could just keep rewatching. I'm so curious I have to ask what epi- like what scene in this episode would you have skipped over? Hmm. Well, I'm very over the um, Seth, Summer, Anna love triangle. Oh, my God. I was never into it to begin with. I am so happy you said that. I don't want to keep watching it. Oh, my God. All of the scenes involving that, basically, in any episode. Like, if I could just write that whole storyline out of the show in my memory, I would. I was going to jump immediately to that after we had this conversation (laughs) because I cannot stand it. The whole time I'm watching the show, I'm like, how, wait, can we cuss on this podcast? I don't care. How the fuck did that happen? Like, how is, how is this happening? Even especially as teenagers too. I mean, like. It's so preposterous. It's insane. And it's just like, it's actually kind of disrespectful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, what? Like, they're just, they're, how, okay. I will also preface this by saying I did not watch the previous episode as I should have per homework. <laughs> but like, how did they get to this point? How did they get you to don't the know, point? Sarah. You don't want to know, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to know. You don't want to know how they got here. And you also don't want to know that this is like the third time we've had to watch the same exact like oh. story of like he's seen them both on like the same exact day and then somehow gets caught and then they both get real oh. sad. See, I it's did, just like the same thing over and over. I So Steve was watching up for a podcast and I did see an episode where he was hiding the two of them from each other. Yes. On the Thanksgiving episode, the oh, last uh, holiday yes, episode. Yes. But but like then I watched this episode and I, I'm thinking, oh, he's still hiding them from each other. And then I realized, wait, no, they actually totally know about each other. And it's like, yeah. wait, what? That's worse. That's actually worse. That's so, that's way worse. Like, that they. It's 
completely insane that after they knew that they would still continue to like both want to pursue him it makes no sense whatsoever i mean i get it that he's like seth's like a cute quirky like whatever type but like yeah it's just doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't make any sense I feel like we've veered right into takedown breakdown. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good transition. There we go. Good for us. Yeah. Go for it. All do, right. do you have a different takedown breakdown? No, I do oh, not. Okay. I was going to give a little rewatch reaction. Um, so number oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like a whole, I feel like we're, uh, you know, Maybe messing with the whole uh, outline of the podcast, but whatever. This is takes of our wives. Yeah, it's okay. It's our it's our podcast now. Yes, until they edit everything (laughs) we say out, and there'll be a lot of editing. (laughs) All right. Some some of my reactions. One, why is this violent, controlling, like emotionally abusive psychopath the romantic lead of this show? Don't get it. Wait. Two. Who are you I'm talking speaking about? about Ryan. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> He's a psychopath? Did you not see? Oh, the, Did you not the door see thing. Him? Yeah, the shutting of the doors. Honestly, yes. here's what I think. I think that was just like totally out of character. I think that was like there's nothing that throughout the whole rest of the show – that would insinuate that he's the type of person to just all of a sudden like freak out like that. I thought that seemed a bit contrived, to be honest. Mm, yes, but you are wrong. <laughs> tell me more. Because <laughs> you haven't seen all the episodes. True. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Anyways, we don't we don't have to dive into okay. it. That's one of my reactions. Okay. Two, why is Anna dressed like a 40-year-old? casino cocktail waitress like why does the show make her look like this i don't know. she does not look like a high schooler no um and that's a that was it that was it we can move on um what so i'm i'm actually stealing this question from steve but uh what what did you think of her like her uh shimmery glittery hair style awful yeah hated it it was it so like was a callback to and an exaggeration of like the late 90s and early 2000s like oh yeah i mean that honestly was probably like the most genuine part of her look like mm-hmm, we did mm-hmm. do that same with like summer's like full body glitter yes oh my gosh <laughs> but I still do you remember it. the times you remember the times of full body glitter like yes it was oh, like bottles of spray yes did you get like, the well, i don't know what was like the Smucker's glitter, yes, or the Bath and Body Works, yes. I don't know what it what was in that spray other than glitter. <laughs> it's, it's a strange time. An adhesive, I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us right on out of this segment and into the next segment, okay? Which the boys like to call soundtracked. I do not Um, know of this segment. This is a segment where we discuss the soundtrack of the show or 
as I'm loosely interpreting it, any music-related topic. Mm-hmm. So, in the episode, Seth, uh, he's getting presents for both Summer and Anna because he's somehow still, like, semi-dating them both. Uh, but he gets them the same exact present, and it is what he calls the Seth Starter Pack. And it is uh, three CDs, a book, and a movie. Death Cab, mm. Bright Eyes, mm-hmm. The Shins. Hell yeah. Cavalier and Clay and the Goonies. Uh-huh. Now, I will be honest and say right here, I've never really listened to any of these bands. But you, as the group's emo expert, <laughs> I wanted to get your thoughts on Seth's Seth's picks. Yes. So this is where I thrive. Um, I know you do. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I will say with one exception, I have no idea what Cavalier and Clay is until you had mentioned to me that this is a book, um, yes. which that is not where I thrive. I do not read. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we can, yeah. But yeah. yes, Death Cab, Bright Eyes, Shins, like definitely on the roster of the Sarah Custer like um, CDs, like back in the day when you made like you burned your cds like these were for sure in those multiple times um and i gotta say it's like it's like a good list like i I can't really remember back to when you know this show came out and where they were in popular like the, the how popularized they were at the time like were they sort of under the radar or were they super popular in my eyes not necessarily in like everybody else's eyes um but um, I think that is one thing about the show is that I remember from way back in the day when it aired live, I just, and I didn't watch it, but I just remember like hearing other people talk about it and also hearing about like bands from it because I will say, I will give them kudos because they were very good at giving praise to sort of indie bands that maybe weren't the su- super popular at the time. Um, and before they were really popular and then they did become popularized. Um, but I will say for the record, I did hear from the shins first from Garden State and that's a whole other podcast, which, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> which I do think, which let's I, not, let's not dive into that, but, but I, I do think that there is something to be said for watching Garden State when you're in your thirties, as opposed to watching it when you're in your twenties. Whole 20s. different experience. <laughs> totally. I mean, that, that could be a whole podcast on its own. So we'll, we'll do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely like Death Cabin Bright Eyes were like, they're, they're so good. I will say like the epitome of emo to me is definitely Bright Eyes. In really? This. Yeah. For me personally. Um, again, this is all just my opinion. Um, Shins was a lovely band that you know i will say i guess you know i get a little like picky about what's emo and what's emo i would call the yes. shins indie uh, um, i see so shins are indie I, not emo yes i would also maybe potentially call death cab indie pop but indie pop they yikes. again they were they were all these were all really good bands like if i got this package from mm-hmm. seth I would have been pleasantly surprised and happy if I hadn't heard the bands before or, you know. But the thing that bothers me is that he gave the exact same thing to both the girls. 
Like not at all personalized whatsoever. And also it had nothing to do with them. It was all no, about he's, him. He's a little bit of a narcissist. I'm I'm learning that and I'm disappointed. I still like yeah. Seth, but this is like disappointing. He's just a little immature. Mm-hmm. Still figuring it out. If you if you had to put together the Sarah Custer high school starter mm-hmm. pack, what would some CDs uh-huh. be? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> um, I'm not good with the actual CDs or CD names. Um, no, that's oh, fine. Just the band names is good enough. We'll say one CD that would probably definitely be on the list is Deja and Tondu by Brand New. I still listen to some of those tracks on that li- on that CD. I'm not ashamed whatsoever. It's legitimately good music. Um, hmm. Never listen to any of it, but I'll take your word. Next time you're around, I'll play it for you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. What have I done? <laughs> um, so I would say Brand New would be on there. And I, you know, I can't go without saying dashboard confessional yep yeah yep, here it is yeah like yeah duh. um but Best dashboard album so <laughs> this is gonna sound so like pretentious but my favorite dashboard album is actually one that was a it was not actually like an album or whatever it was a um what do they call those like an ep an ep but it, but it it wasn't even like a neck actually like an EP or something it it was, and I I, I honestly can't find a this demo? album anywhere sort of not really a demo it was acoustic it was like an acoustic ah. version of his EPs like that Very that nice. is like the best album so and then so that's how I first was sort of introduced to Dashboard was through his acoustic acoustic music excuse me um. And then when I heard like the more highly like produced versions of those, it kind of like it's never as good. Yeah, if you start out acoustic, you want it to stay acoustic. Yeah, like I want to scream. I want to hear the rawness of screaming infidelities without oh, like God. the, oh, my the extra like glitz and glamour. I don't need that. He doesn't what do need you, that. What do you Dashboard think Seth's take of screaming infidelities would be? Oh my God! Like. Great. Like, I can't imagine him, him having, you know, him having bright eyes and shins and death cab on his list. Like, I have to, I have to imagine that dashboard would not be far from being in that kit. All right. Well, you two were both way cooler than me in high school. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I was definitely listening to Avril Lavigne. Mm, yes. Um, All American Rejects and some Hush Sound. See, that would have been the Sarah starter kit. And the movie 10 Things I Hate About You on Ooh, repeat. Yeah. I, but I have no idea what Hush Sounds is. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's probably my one, like, cool under the radar band. Cool. I, I shall play it for you next time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, all right. We've probably, we've probably discussed this long enough. I'm going to move us right <laughs> I mean, along. We could go on. I could go on. I, but. I know we could, but we, we've got to keep moving. Okay. Next up, 
the O scene. We are to discuss any scene that made us go O for any reason. Yep. I will turn it over to you. Okay. So, I mean, I think we've already touched on this a little bit about how ridiculous it is that Anna and Summer are like sort of kind of equally fighting for Seth's attention or or they're like Mm -hmm. giving him time equally. It's like Mm -hmm. this weird like, you know, wives things polyamorous things but they don't voluntarily yes. like they but but like it's very involuntary like poly polygamy like i'm all for mm-hmm. people being polygamous and loving who they want to do love and whatever but like yeah this but seems it's not like, that they're like yeah, competing this isn't a they mutual, still want it to just be one of them in the end right it's very weird so i mean i would say just in general that whole thing was very much like a wtf moment but i would mm-hmm. say like a moment where i was like oh like what like was when um Summer was giving her gift to Seth. And, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, aren't they supposed to be, like, 16, 17 years old? Yeah, I think in season one, they're, like, sophomores. So, like, Wait, how 15... does it go? Freshmen, sophomore, juniors. Yeah, they're sophomores in high school. So, yeah. So, they're young. So, in that context... <laughs> It's very strange to me that like, and I mean, part of me is like, you go girl, lovely confidence, but also it's like, this is weird. Like she is stripping down, taking off her dress and showing her like Wonder Woman costume. And then to make things even more weird, Anna walks in and is like, (laughs) oh my God, this is, you look amazing. Yeah, that was... That was like, that's not the reaction anyone would have if they walked in on that. No, not at all. And then she was like, you know, she gave a really cool comic book that she did herself and mm-hmm. um, was like, oh, my God, I just did this stupid comic book thing and you look so good and oh, stupid. I'm so stupid. It's like, what? Yeah. This is so weird. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I, I don't know, Sarah. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. Anyways, yeah. So what was what was your O scene for the episode? Um, well, we we somewhat touched on my O scene also, uh, which would have been the so to cue it up a little bit, um, as is classic kind of like O C fair. There's a big party happening in this episode uh, with all kinds of rich people. Everyone's dressed up fancy. Ryan has to put a suit and tie on. You know, it's got the parents there. The kids are there. Everyone is there. Uh, and Marissa, who, as we have learned already, has a somewhat a drinking problem. And she's sad and she's depressed. Whatever, whatever. So she brings a bottle of vodka with her. Which also, I don't know. Any high schooler who didn't first pour their vodka into a water bottle. <laughs> like, it's, it was very preposterous to me that she just put the vodka straight into her purse. Anyways, that's, that's not what, that's not the O. The O is so she gets drunk. Ryan ends up driving her home. They get pulled over. 
but then the cop lets him go because we just have to keep building the scene up into something huge and insane and preposterous wasn't that weird like yes (laughs) like the cop was just like wait you guys i got another call so you're less important and i gotta go deal with this thing i have never heard of that or seen that or experienced that where a cop was like oh never mind bye also like he was just pulling them over for like a taillight being out like how long does it take to write out a taillight ticket? Like one minute. I don't. And know. how many cops do they have in the OC? Like plenty of others, I'm sure. Anyways, yeah. after that, Ryan then gets out of the car, stomps around to Marissa's side, like opens the door, takes her bottle, throws it into the sand, and then slams her door just repeatedly, over and over, just like in her face violently and aggressively and i had kind of forgotten that that scene had happened and and it's just like it's not unbelievable to me that he as a character would do that like we've been kind of like built up to expect these kind of violent outbursts from him but it's just what's unbelievable to me is that it's like that one like he is like the lead and like the romantic lead of this show and like we're like he's the hero we're supposed to like him Mm -hmm. and two it's like not being shown as like this is not something your boyfriend should do like this is shown as like a normal thing and like it's okay that he did this because she got drunk and he gets to be mad about it true that's a great point like they do do it in a way where it's like oh, no, he's doing this because he cares or because he has yeah. like, background influences of bad Christmases and stuff. It's like, well, that doesn't make it okay. Like, No, like, that was a violent and, like, in her face. It's like, if someone can, like, do that in an outburst, like, what else could they do? Like, we've already seen him punch, like, no less than a dozen people. I have not. But (laughs) me and the other watchers of the show have have seen him do that. And it's just I just, you know, as someone who has, you know, seen such violent outbursts in a partner, like it's terrifying. Like I watched this episode several nights ago and I'm still pretty shook just having watched it again. I think I think we should be clear for the audience that I'm assuming your the partner that you speak of is not Vince. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes yes I, you are right i'm glad okay. you we clarified that yeah. no totally i'm totally safe great good, i'm in good, a safe good. place right now very good uh but yeah it's just that it's like that they would have a character like for a show that was so kind of like timely and like you know was covering a lot of topics that like your typical teen drama wasn't um for them to kind of like almost glorify this uh kind of like violent almost like emotionally abusive and controlling person uh it was just kind of shocking in the rewatch yeah maybe something that uh would be considered as not holding up so great like as a later on rewatchable or yes, like you know I think like that's a- what the boys called aired today gone tomorrow i'm getting it wrong (laughs) something that could have aired at the time but you couldn't air that today and really get away with it yes definitely 
So that was our O moments, the O scene. That was our O scene. Yeah. What's next on the docket? Well, next on our docket is uh, bees get degrees. Did you have a B plot you would like to discuss? Well, I think we've paid a lot of attention to like the um, Seth. The children. Yes. The children and their like uh, involuntary polygamy thing going on. Um, let's get into the adults. So yeah, so Something now more let's mature, go hopefully. to the adults, Maybe. which, you know, isn't, you know, it's, it's still not great. Um, but it's much more, you know, adult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I guess the B plot in this would be the whole like land trust between, um, Sandy Cohen, Kirsten, and Kiki, or, you know, Kirsten's dad, whom... Oh, Caleb. Caleb. I was doing so well for a second with the names. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that whole thing. Well, it's tricky when a character has two names. How are you supposed to remember that? I know. Thank you. But so I guess that would be considered like the B plot of this episode is the land trust. you are correct. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Um, Well... I will say, I'm a big Kirsten fan in general. Mm. I think as a character, she's very uh, interesting. Uh, and she's, especially like when I was watching this as a younger woman, she was a very like strong, independent and successful woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that the show like paints her or doesn't paint her like she is like the breadwinner of the family. Um, and she's making a lot of decisions for the family. She's not just, like, a trophy stay-at-home wife. Yeah. And she's still being, like, a good mom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I love any time that the B plot or the adult plot gets to come out and shine. We got a lot of really great Kirsten scenes, I thought. I really – I loved when we got that kind of, like, sneaky – she finds out some yeah. shit on her dad and she has to – kind of like make a decision about what she's going to do with that information but like being the saint that she is like who like always like you know chooses the right thing and chooses her family or like her immediately family her husband and her son like before anything else like she turns it over even though she knows like her dad's going to be pissed she'll probably lose her job really loved that scene like all the moments like where she discovered it where she handed it over to sandy where she had the confrontation with her dad about it all of it was just so interesting and well acted really into it yeah i think the adults yeah i mean specifically like kirsten and sandy cohen they do such a good job in this show like the one gripe I have about Kirsten is that I really, really dislike her ha- her hair and expect yes, her <laughs> hair in season one is not her shining star. Especially it gets, her it gets bangs. better. Like her bangs. Yeah. Like and uh, like the streaks but, and just like the very blatantly like straightened hair mm-hmm. with like Well and it was very classic though edges. for the time. I know. The whole like what did they call it? The like uneven layers or something or the long layers or like the ch- like the chunky layers or mm-hmm. yeah and the chunky highlights yeah she was a victim of the times so let's not hold it true, against her true. i know i know it's just like you know it was it was hard to get past sometimes agreed it can be hard to look sometimes <laughs> yeah. 
But no, yeah, I think also the way that um, it was spinned at the end to kind of be in favor of everyone, it seemed like, not except for Caleb. Um, yeah. Was. But he handled it really well. Nice. Yeah, he did. Took like a champ. Um, yeah, I thought. I thought that was really interesting, intriguing, and I do. I did really like that scene where Kirsten found the piece of paper, and they like really made you want to know what was they on that. They did. Like I was um, like, like Damn, am I watching single, like a crime drama right now? Like, it was just a single one-sided sheet of paper. Like those <laughs> one side was completely blank, and you're like, what is on the other side? That's so important. Like to imagine all that information was. Right there on that one side of sheet of paper. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I also love um, Caleb, played by Alan Dale, the dad. For for those who may not know, he is just he's just like such a solid, dependable actor. Like he never has any like phoned in or half-assed scenes or like scenes that make you groan like he's always just killing it he always just shows up and like he is caleb and he's one of those like lovable villains like Mm. he's kind of the bad guy but he's also like we see a lot of like vulnerable sides of him as well and he's got um he's got different sides he's got he's got some complications yeah definitely. we learned that you know he's mourning his wife he really loves his daughter, even though he sometimes treats her like shit for the business. Like, I just always enjoy when Caleb shows up. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good. Um, that's a good take. I, I, I will say, yeah, he's good at being a villain, but also like good at showing that he's obviously like cares about his daughter. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's tough to find that balance, but um, yeah, he does a good job of that. Yeah, I agree. Well, shall we move on? Let's move on. All right. So uh, the next question, which is asked every episode, Sarah, would you consider this episode (laughs) foundational or filler? So as we were watching this show, like um, Steve was sort of helping me prep a little bit as we were watching and. One of the first things he asked me, he what did he say? He paused the show and he asked me, "What do you think of this?" And I, immediately I said, even before I knew that this was actually a question that was part of this podcast, was that this feels like an important episode, just because even not having watched the OC growing up, um, I still knew that Chrismica was like a thing, and. I mean, maybe it's from Seinfeld or something that I heard of something like that. But that seems that seems unlikely. But continue. No, wasn't there like there was like a holiday in um, Seinfeld that wasn't mm. Christmaca, but it was similar. Anyways, maybe, maybe. I'm not good with all the details, <laughs> but um, but yeah, just the fact that it was like an episode for Christmaca, it was a holiday episode. Um, I mean, a lot of times in shows, like a holiday episode is like, you know, someone is usually special. filler. Oh, I was gonna say special. <laughs> oh, well, I was gonna say filler because it's usually like one they figure like half their audience isn't even gonna tune in because mm. they're busy with their own holidays, and it's usually just, I guess, from my perspective, it's usually just kind of the same 
boring, like, cliche holiday crap. Oh, sure. Yeah. But in this instance, I agree with you. It's like, definitely a foundational episode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, also... I know we've been talking a lot about like Anna. Oops, excuse me. Oh, God, I keep hitting the mic. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, I know we've been talking a lot about like Anna and Summer and that whole like love triangle thing. But I think outside of the Chrismica, this was also a foundational episode because they stopped doing that. Like they both were like, hey, you know, you got to pick somebody. People are going to get hurt. Um, and then he was like, I just want to be friends with you guys. And they were like, no, I don't want to be friends. Like, this is sort of a foundational episode in that they stopped doing that dumb shit. And also, <laughs> like, you know, I, I do know enough to know that, you know, in future episodes that Seth and Summer start their relationship. So in yes, that sense, but he too. also starts a relationship with Anna. Oh, Jesus. Just, just not to like blow your whole theory here. Yeah. It's not over yet, Sarah. But uh, I do I do agree that like I wish the whole triangle had ended how it ended in this episode. Like I thought that was really a smart and like mature on all sides. Like it was the smart and mature move from him to just kind of break it off with both of them and uh, or I, I guess I don't remember exactly what he said to him, but it, and that was also smart and mature of both of them to be like, well, no, like we're not going to be friends after this. But like to be honest, like wh- if you were fifteen or sixteen and he told you, "Hey, I just want to be your," f-, well, actually, no, that's a good point. Um, but like if he told you, <laughs> it, you just I mean, it is be classic fifteen-year-old behavior to say to it's say still back infuriating to, to watch as a thirty-year-old. Yeah, but to say back, no, I don't want to be your friend. Like, I I guess personally, I probably just would have been like, okay, I understand. Like, <laughs> it's going to be hard, but okay. Like, I, I guess I wouldn't have taken that as like, oh, we're going to be friends now. I would have taken that as like, he's breaking up with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I would also agree. Foundational. I mean, the holiday Chrismica like literally had like merch. Like, it was huge when it, not only when it first came out, but, like, they revisit it, like, every season because it was so huge and, like, people loved it. It was in the zeitgeist. Pre-memes, but had memes existed, it would have been a meme. Definitely. Like, it was everywhere. People loved it. You can't have the OC without Chris McCaw. And might I say, back to the um, music's was it called music takes music stakes or whatever sound attract but i like music stakes <laughs> music stakes you know those those meaty stakes of music anyways yeah. back to um we were talking about before with the death cab bright eyes shins reference that seth mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. um there is also a little christmas reference to bright eyes where bright eyes does their version of blue christmas i don't know if you caught that but i did catch the song i didn't know it was bright eyes since i'm not familiar with bright eyes at all and i did turn to vince and say this is my favorite christmas song because it's blue and i like sad things Mm. uh that's another that's a whole other podcast yeah good catch sarah look at you I have to actually give Steve credit again. Oh, no. This is a stolen take. Who are you, Vince? I mean, not necessarily a stolen take. It was literally like the song was playing and Steve just kind of whispered to himself, 
Blue Christmas by Bright Eyes. And I added it to my notes. I'm like, oh, Oh, yes, no, yes. no. This is a stolen take. <laughs> I won't stand for it. Every week I sit in my living room and I listen to Vince recording this episode, stealing you all of my takes. Do? Oh, my well, God. I mean, I can, I can hear him because oh. we have a small apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just. I, and I now, really... now you've joined him. I'm sorry. I just. Well, props you know. to Steve. Yes. Wherever you are, if you're listening. He's not. Good catch. I mean, he probably is eventually, but not at this very moment. But yeah. Yes, it was a good catch. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about foundational or filler? No, I mean, I think it's pretty much come to consensus. Consensus consensus it's come to consensus that yes. uh this is a foundational episode i would be kind of surprised just based on what i've learned from you today for anybody to like say otherwise yeah that's not a hot take no that's not that's that, a take that's a on. that's a cool take that's like a <laughs> ice cold yeah ice cold take all right then let's dive into the tier list are you all ready right. with your yeah. tier list sarah yes i i mean yes i am you don't seem excited i mean um i i, I so i heard your opinion of the tier list yesterday and i have to say <laughs> i do kind of agree with you but you know that's neither here nor there um it's nowhere it's nowhere at the moment but yes i do have a tier list we'll do it then okay. oh i can't oh wait. let me read the instructions oh i can't remember if we start at one or five Ooh, it looks like we start at five, move to one. I guess we want to keep the listeners guessing. Cool. I like Do how you we're like reading the instructions <laughs> and figuring this out as we go. Hey, it, you know, yeah, it's our very first time. Yeah. Like, what? Are we just supposed to be naturals at it? Are I we mean, just supposed to have memorized the format of takes of our lives? Maybe if we were good wives, we would have. Oh yikes! <laughs> well, I'm not a wife yet, so I get a pass. Uh, fair. All right, I'm gonna have you start with your number five. Okay. I mean, so my understanding of the tier list is you're, um, you're, you're picking your top five characters mm -hmm. of the episode. Yes. Um, Not of the show in general, just of each episode. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Well, and since you haven't watched all the episodes, it, that works for you. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm going to go with number five. I'm, I will say I'm hesitant on this. Um, but I'm gonna say Julie. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Any, any reasoning? Um, partly just because I think her character is so ridiculous and outlandish, <laughs> and it's hard to like. It's hard to ignore. Oh, you cannot. You it's impossible to ignore Julie. She yeah. will not have that. Yeah, and it was like I was toying with the idea of like adding in some other people, um, but my list was just kind of looking a bit milk toast, to be honest. Uh, so I threw so you in through Julie into Julian. Yeah, Julie. Why not? <laughs> I love. That. Yeah, she did not make my list, but I will support. I will support that. I thought she had some good moments in this episode. I really liked her um, when she confronts Marissa after. Oh, I can't believe we didn't even talk about this at all. Oh is this God. in this episode? Is this the episode where she shoplifts? Yes. I can't, I can't believe that didn't make my so, notes. I feel it like, didn't make the episode. I feel like there were so many things that happened in this episode. Yeah. She also goes to. That's, oh my gosh, this is actually her first therapy yes, session. And 
I know. How we're have going, we missed this whole thing? I know. We're going a little off our outline That's that was okay. given to us by our partners. Uh, they can sorry. just re-splice it together in the correct order if they want. Yeah. Or they can just go with what we're doing because it makes it the podcast better. But mm-hmm. um, that was something that kind of rubbed me the right way. and a wrong way. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, way is it, Sarah? <laughs> but so what the, the Marissa completely like denying or or not denying, but like acting so negatively against therapy that was something that definitely i don't think has um really worked well for the current times like rewatching. i mean it it makes it makes sense that a high schooler would not be for it and i mean it definitely made sense i don't know if you saw this episode several episodes ago where at first her like her mom wants to send her away to like an inpatient oh, therapy yeah. like far away and obviously she's very vocal about not wanting to do that which makes sense mm-hmm. but we end that episode with her agreeing to go to therapy but it then is just like completely dropped and forgotten about and then it only comes back or is mentioned again in this episode so then for her to still just be like so whiny about it is like dude just like just go to the therapy. Yeah. Also, like, I, I just, it, it didn't quite sit right with me the way she was just, like, like acting like therapy was such an ultimate evil. Like, so, like it, that it made her look like a, a lesser than or something or like that she, you know, that she didn't, I don't know, maybe she felt she didn't need it or whatever. But, like, just the sort of, um, the, the sort of emotions that she had towards going to therapy like the negativity towards it i don't know i just feel like in this day and age that we are currently like, living in um, correct in our day yeah, and age that's this what I episode mean. came out like no yeah, yeah over yeah. a decade like i think this was like 2003 so we do have to like slightly yeah remember just, that for the time yes no yeah and I it totally was agree, pretty stigmatized like, and high, still is yeah, slightly true but they could have been ahead of their times it was a missed opportunity for them Exactly. Like, I mean, but I will say, I think, yeah, definitely. I understand like this was done in the past and she's a high schooler and this, the the stigma of therapy has like gone a lot better. Um, I'm just saying like it was something that didn't age well for the show. Yeah. I will say. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm, no. I'll I was cut just, you off. That's okay. I just I was saying, you know, it, it just didn't it just didn't age well for the show. And I think like in this day and age, there's probably like a ton of high schooler kids that go to therapy. Oh, yeah. It's well, of, like, especially a in that thing. income bracket. Exactly. And like, you know, I don't know. I feel like therapy is like, I don't know, just like a thing that you think like if i could afford it i'd be doing it yeah like you know if it's a way you want to try to like better yourself and better your mental health and i don't Mm -hmm. know i mean i will say kudos to the current julie for julie and current times of having less stigma around therapy but yeah no that i just remember thinking like why why don't you want to go to therapy go to therapy it's gonna be great like fool yeah, I will say kudos to Julie for even at the time, like, being very pro-therapy and also just being, like, a good mom. I, there's a line where she's, like, confronting Marissa about this petty theft and she's reminding her, Marissa, like, yo, we agreed you were going to go to therapy and Marissa's whining and Julie says, look, I love you, but I don't believe you. Yes. Like, 
you need to go to therapy. And I was like, as much as Julie sometimes annoys me, like, she is a good mom. I did love that, too. She calls Marissa on all of her shit. She does not, like, spoil her and let her get away with things. She is always, like, trying to do what's best for her. Like, sometimes Julie's idea of what's best is a little flawed. But, like, in this specific instance, like, no. Like, Marissa does need therapy. Mm -hmm. And she does need a parent to insist that she goes to it. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I think, yeah, that's definitely why I put Julie on my tier list, too. Well, you outdid me. You made the right choice. I put Marissa for number five. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's my, my thoughts. I know, and you know, but maybe the listeners don't know, your general feelings about Marissa Mm -hmm. and or, uh, Misha Barton's uh, portrayal of Marissa. Yeah, let's just say um, Marissa was in no way ever going to make it on my list. Did she Did she make your list at all? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. way. She generally doesn't make my list either, but she made my list this week, and here is why. I honestly think that she is so good at playing drunk, which is, I mean, a somewhat a bad omen for both the future of the character and the actress, unfortunately. But she's so good. Like that whole Christmas party where she's acting drunk with Ryan and just like, you know, saying what she's saying and like kind of slurring, but it's not like that like overdone slurring and like her scene in the car. Like it's just like she actually does that well like i love a drunk and surly marissa (laughs) i do so i gave her number five okay i just gotta say sarah (laughs) i could not disagree more (laughs) i'm I'm sorry just add this to the list of shit that like misha barn cannot act out like It's just like when she went into the bathroom and she like oh no took, I don't like that oh my god she took like that 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 double handed like chug of vodka like or whatever it was that she was doing like it looked like she had never drank any like it looked like she didn't know how to drink I'm like uh, well let me assure you she does <laughs> I yeah exactly so it's like well this this girl what is she doing she's not like i don't know she doesn't look like she's drank before in her life and she's just like the way she was choking it down and like oh man and then i will say i will say the first scene once we go back to the party i was a little like wait is she drunk is she not drunk like what's going on like it's like what is this um, or maybe I'm getting confused with my scenes. But then when she went to the dance floor and with Ryan was like, ha 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 ha, let's make out. Like, ha ha ha, let's have fun. Oh my God. It could partly be the writing, but like, I was just like, gag me with a spoon and get me uh, get no. over. Like, <laughs> no. like, it was just, I couldn't, I just, I can't stand it. But, you know, that, that's right. just that, my, that's, that that's might fair. be my Misha Barton bias a little bit. Like, um or just marissa bias like i just i can't stand her in this show i'm, I'm glad we got that in yeah it, it was it's fair it's a fair it take to happen. Uh, and we can we can disagree to disagree on this one let's move <laughs> on to number four all right so i will say i'm, I'm gonna just like 
for me, three and four, they're kind of like in the same boat. So I'm just going to go one right after the other. But for number four, I did have Anna. And then for number three, I had Rachel uh, Bilson, a.k.a. Summer. (laughs) For a minute. And you may not know this, but there is a character named Rachel. And I was like, she's not in this episode, you fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that. Um, What I meant was Anna and Summer. Anna and Summer tied for three and four. Interesting take. Please tell me more. Because they play the same role in this show. Like, they're doing the same thing, basically. Like, just, like, with their own little personal, like, flares on it or whatever. But um, the reason why I put them was because I thought that whole scenario was just so ridiculous and outlandish that I was like, well, it was one of the things that really caught my attention, obviously caught my attention since that's like a lot of what we've been talking about for this show. Um, But their fight over Seth. So I put them because I also actually like genuinely think that in other episodes that I've watched previously that Anna is a cool person. Um, you are wrong. So, I, okay. <laughs> I thought she was a cool person. Um, and uh, then no. um, like Summer, I think like also, you know, Misha Barton is the only one that's going to get shade for me on this show. I think Rachel Bilson, <laughs> like in these first early episodes, is pretty trashed here also with her acting. She's- she doesn't get a lot of opportunities to shine. That's true. Also, like, her character at this point doesn't really have a whole lot of depth. I understand that that is coming for this yeah. season mm-hmm. or for future seasons. Um, but anyways, but as of right now, like, not a lot of depth there. They basically were playing the same character that and in this plot line that was just so weird to me and ridiculous. Um, but yeah, b- b- because of that, I... You know, I kind of enjoyed watching the show. And because of that, I saw, got to see like weird Seth antics and him hearing <laughs> about his like, you know, emo playlists and all that stuff. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, neither of them made my list. Ooh. I just, I hate that storyline so much, as I've already mentioned, that I just couldn't do it. You know, I also, that makes sense. I'm not an Anna fan. Apparently, I'm the only one who's not an Anna fan, (laughs) but I'll say it here and I'll say it now. Not a fan. Okay. So for my three and four, I'll do them together also. Uh, I had Sandy at four, just kind of by default. Like, Sandy's great. He has to be in your top five basically every episode. He definitely is, I will say. Um, No spoilers, but spoilers. He didn't do, like, he wasn't really doing a lot in this episode, and nothing really stuck out to me. So that's why he's at four. And then I put Caleb, who I already talked about, at five. Or, or oh, three. Jesus. At three. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I said, I think he's uh, a solid, dependable character and actor. And he's not on every episode. So when he shows up, I think he needs to kind of make the top, the top of the list. My thing with him, though, is like, I still don't like him, though. Um, and I mean, it's it might he's just a villain. Be, well, yeah, and, and maybe that's just like our different interpretations of the tier list, I guess. But like, <laughs> I just, I, I, yeah, I think he did do a good job, but like, I just still don't like him, which means he did a good job. But yeah, 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 well, fair. Uh, you're number two. Um, you kind of already touched on a little bit, but I had to go with Sandy Cohen. He will forever and always be on ah. my tier list. And what are your reasons? 
so um he's just like so cool and handsome and i want to be his friend and i want (laughs) to hang out with him and also just the fact that he's like you know this lawyer out there trying to do good and he doesn't give any fucks about the fact that like you know his father-in-law is doing this shit and he just still goes after him and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it is maybe a little bit shitty that you know he was totally okay with his his wife losing her job but i will say that was sort of you know that was sort of kirsten's you know doing yeah so you know Mm -hmm. you know she was in on it too but but yeah no i love sandy cohen i love his morals um and you You and the rest of america yeah and i I, you know you know like if you know steve grew up to be like a sandy (laughs) cohen-esque individual in the future you know he just needs to get that law degree i know i'll you know just have to work on that but no (laughs) no but i just like i really like his character it's so hard not to like him it is and they struggle to like make him a villain at Mm. some points just because like you never want to you never want to have a character that's like too much of a saint where like it eventually becomes like unbelievable and annoying right so they definitely try and take him down a little bit uh not so much in this season, but in future seasons. No. Um, yeah. Watch out for that, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> well, okay. So my number two was Seth. Uh, okay. Also kind of like oh, like a character who's almost always in the top, right? Yeah. Everyone loves Seth. Yeah. I don't know who doesn't. Uh, as we mentioned before, I feel like he, he kind of... I mean, he handled the love triangle really wrong for very long, but he ended it in what I felt was kind of like the only way it could maturely be ended. I, yeah, I will uh, He also say, just has a I, I, lot of great comedic moments. Yes. Uh, in general, but and this uh, this episode especially, there's the moment where he's like, he's in Ryan's bed wrapping presents, and Ryan mentions that like oh you're not getting me anything right mm-hmm. and so is like oh no no but like you we you or like we as the viewer can see on his face it's just like great facial acting where he's like you know moving his eyes around and all sneaky uh there's a scene in the kitchen where they're threatening that christmas is ruined and he's like mm-hmm. sipping over his coffee and he's just like oh no no it can't be ruined um and he oh, goes there's like, a scene. He goes a little bit like psychotic too. Yeah, it was yes. like, whoa, okay. I mean, I understand it was for humor, but it was just. <laughs> there's a scene. I can't remember. I don't know what Kirsten said exactly, but he then like touches his eyebrows and goes, "Oh God!" Like they're coming in already. In like a reference to Sandy's like very bushy eyebrows, which was like <laughs> a huge kind of like meme at the time. Like everyone was talking about his oh, eyebrows. Really, he just had some good. He had some good moments. I will say, I I will piggyback on that, and I will say that actually Seth was my number one. I just I'm not surprised. Yeah, but. I just think I I love his character, like mm-hmm. him and Sandy, like. Just make a show well, out of those two and sure. I mean, you're basically it. married to the combination of the two. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, like um, Seth just he's so funny and likable, even though and, and for some reason. 
even though he does this weird, like, fucked up love triangle thing with Anna and Summer, you excuse me, you still like him as a character, mm-hmm. though, because oh, yeah. he's just, like, hard to hate again. Like, same thing with Sandy. Like, it's just really hard to dislike him. And I will say, when characters are, like, obviously trying to be, like, witty and funny and over the top and quirky and whatever, like, it's easy to dislike them. Um, but he does it really well. Like, I don't know. He like has a very good balance of, you know, being nerdy and funny and quirky and weird, but like not too funny and not too weird or not too quirky. Like there's a, there's a fine line there where it can take it over the edge to be annoying. Um, but I think, I think, uh, he did, he does a good job of that. And I don't know, he, he's what makes the show and enjoyable for me to watch. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, and I think the thing about both Seth and uh, Sandy that make them so likable is that, like, when we're first introduced to them, like, they're both so, like, kind of charming and vulnerable and, like, these kind of, like, outsider characters that, like, it's almost like no matter what they do after that, like, we already have that first impression that we're holding on to. Like, Seth, we're first introduced to, he has, like, no friends, he's super nerdy, he, like, hates being in this town and then like we see him get this friend in ryan and he's just like you can see in him he's just like so happy and he like finally has someone he can like talk to and like riff all of his jokes off of and it's just like so kind of like sweet and vulnerable that you have to fall in love with him and sandy's like not exactly the same but kind of the same in that like we first meet him and he's like he's working as this like public defender making no money but has like no shame that like his wife is the breadwinner and he's just kind of like living in her house and in her town but he's still getting to do his own like you know public good crusade and he's surfing every morning it's like you you can't hate those people my number one who apparently didn't make your list at all is kirsten ah yeah yeah i just felt like one, she had a lot to do with this episode, or especially, like, with the B plot of the episode. I, I think that- and she, she also just had some great scenes with, like, the kind of sneaky discovering this information and confronting her dad. Yeah, I think that, like, just through talking with you about it, it is making me rethink my tier list a little bit of you know kirsten had to take on like a lot of bravery in those moments where you know she thought for sure she was gonna get fired but in general like she knew it was the right thing to do like highly commendable to her and like i said before she's doing all this like to your point earlier like she's successful she's talented she's like very smart and obviously driven like to the point where she hates taking off time even for holidays um Mm -hmm. but at the same time she's still a good mom and at the same time they took in like another kid under their wing and are still Mm -hmm. able to have like good quality time and good relationships and kids with decent heads on their shoulders even though like her son had created a love triangle Yes, yes. But yeah, I think Kirsten, Kirsten, like, yeah, she she did really great things in this episode. Well, thank, well, thank you yeah. for supporting so my decision. I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good top top pick. Well, all right. Uh, that's the tier list. Oh, oh, I think we're supposed to do a quick recap. Do you want to just list yours in order? Uh, and then- well, so 
I guess for me, being that I'm really not an OC enthusiast, I'm kind of like uh, the other guy, I guess, on this podcast and the viewership of, you know, I, I didn't, I don't come in with maybe the best um, opinions of the show, but in general, I did enjoy watching the show. I do highly, like, I do, like I said, really enjoy, like, Seth and Sandy Cohen. I've got another sort of hot take that I don't think is going to be, like, widely accepted. Um, okay. You know, like, throw it in right at the end here. Why not? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really fit anywhere else, to be honest. But, like, you know, my biggest problem with the show is that the acting is just so poor. Like, I just can't get past it. And, you know, maybe that's my own personal problem. And maybe also that's a product of the fact that I didn't watch it growing up. So I don't have, like, that nostalgia to it. Um, but I will say, for the record, on the record, I actually think, and I know... That this might, like I said, might not be popular. But I actually think that Ryan is, like, not that bad of an actor. Whoa. Yeah. For someone who hates the acting on the show, for you I to know. hold up Ryan as the good actor? I mean, I'm not saying he's a insane. good actor. I'm not saying he's, like, a good actor. I think he has a shining moments, but he also has some, he has some blunders. I think what I just really appreciate about him is that he's so underwhelming or, like, he's so under, like... I don't know. To me, he's just like he has like a soft approach to acting that maybe I appreciate. Whereas literally and maybe also just the fact that almost every else like everyone else around him is so bad at acting that it maybe makes him look better. I will say with with the exceptions being Caleb, Kirsten and Sandy Cohen and a little bit of Seth, too. But literally everybody else is just like so bad. Like I'm even throwing out Julie a little bit. Like it's just like <laughs> no, she, it's over she can the top. Bad. <laughs> it's just anyways. So my All recap right. is like I still think the acting's bad. Um but you know right. it was an I enjoyable need, show. I need you to recap your tier list though. Oh my tier list? Oh. <laughs> From five to one. <laughs> oh what a tangent. That, that was my bad. I should have been more specific. I mean you know to be honest I should have read the outline. Um <laughs> Just a quick, the names from five to one. So from five to one. They'll edit this in. Yeah, yeah. So put this before the crazy rant I had. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so my tier list from five to one it starts with Julie at number five. Then I'm going to go kind of putting together three and four together. Um, Andy being Anna, excuse me, Anna being number four, Rachel being number three. They're pretty. Rachel she means summer. Yes. By Rachel, I mean summer. So four being Anna, three being summer. Then number two, I'm going to go Sandy Cohen. Number one, Seth. Lovable, you know. There we go. And mine was uh, Marissa at five, Sandy at four, Caleb at three, Seth two, Kirsten one. Now, Sarah, I have one last question for you. Yes. And I, I yes, hope Sarah. you read the outline so you're ready for this. Oh, no. Shit. I think we've we already established that I haven't. Oh, no. Oh, no, we discussed this briefly before we started, but what oh. are you excited about for the next episode? Uh, yes. I would say I'm just like really excited for 
Misha Barton to get her um, Golden Globe for acting and, um, you know, to really just come out and be like the, you know, A-lister that she is, you know, top of the line acting and really rubbing elbows with the best, you know, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts and all those other great, amazing actors. <laughs> love it. I love your definition of the best. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. And we didn't we didn't really talk about this, uh, but I can't wait to see Marissa leave Ryan for Oliver and just have a healthy, normal, non-dramatic relationship for once. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I think we've come to the end of it. And according to our instructions, we're supposed to sign off by saying something to the effect of, thanks for listening. Hope you had as much fun as we did. And until next time, take, take it, it till you, till you make, make it. it. <laughs> you added a Perfect. pause. <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, it's good, though. Yeah.